Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets, let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Some time back, I was uh, reading the book of Acts, and there was a story I read there that's kind of stuck with me over a few months. It was a story about a young man named Eutychus who was sitting on a third floor windowsill listening to St. Paul. As Paul talked on and on, the young man fell asleep, and he fell out of the window and fell those three stories to the ground below. Of course, many ran to give him aid, but he was soon pronounced dead. St. Paul, however, then took the young man in his arms and proclaimed, There is life yet within him. And he carried him back upstairs, where they broke bed together. And healed by the breaking of the bread, his family then took him home, rejoicing that he was once more fully alive. As much as we might hate to admit it, I think all of us can relate to this lesser-known Bible story. For at times, we all get bored, even when we're right here at Mass. Attending Mass can become routine, and sometimes even God's great love can feel so ordinary. We know He loves us, we know He forgives us, we know He hears our prayers, but, but sometimes He becomes like a good friend that we can take for granted. We go to church every Sunday, 
we sing the songs, well, at least the ones we like, and we automatically give the responses on cue. We say the creed at the appropriate time, affirming what we believe without any thoughts to what we're actually saying, without any thought to what we're actually agreeing to. And even receiving the body and blood of Jesus in the most holy Eucharist can become something we just do, something that we do when we go to Mass. We hear the truth of sacred scripture proclaimed over and over again, right here. But the profound message and meaning of those holy words often never seems to reach our hearts. We may not doze off and fall out the window like our young man Eutychus, but sometimes we do kind of zone out with our thoughts totally on something else, something that may not even be of God. We so easily become complacent. Our first reading today began with the prophet Amos saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, Woe to the complacent in Zion. Complacent is a challenging word. It comes from two Latin words that actually mean to be pleased with. It usually means to be pleased with yourself. The way we would express it today would be to say that he sure is full of himself. And in the Old Testament, Zion referred to Jerusalem at its perfection, a city on a mountain that embodied the best in life for the Jewish people. And we should pay special attention to that today in the 24th century here in the United States, because here it may be the closest that we have ever come to another Zion. For we are a wealthy nation, a powerful, a privileged people. We have the best of every material thing available to us. And even with a struggling economy and a gridlock in Washington, most of us still feel somewhat secure, somewhat at peace. To each of us today, the Lord is saying loudly, woe to the complacent in America. And we are in many ways like the people in the time of Amos lying upon beds of ivory stretched comfortably on our couches. They were so confident and full of themselves that they made their own rules, their own moral proclamations. And if all that sounds familiar, it should. Many in America are now doing the same thing. But my friends, God's truth cannot be changed. When we try to redefine how God created us and determine our own morality, we descend into confusion. We descend into chaos. And I think we see some of that happening around us as well. The prophet Amos also wrote, they drink wine from bowls and anoint themselves with the best oil, yet they are not made ill at the collapse of Joseph, their brother. Most of us know very well the problems around us here in our country, in our local communities. We know of the war in Ukraine. We know terrorism. We know the ethnic cleansing is still going on in parts of our world. We see actual pictures of mass graves and starving children. And every day we see more and more of the violence in our streets, families ripped apart. How can we so easily turn a blind eye or a deaf ear to those poor and suffering in our world? And I think it's because we are so pleased with ourself, full of ourselves. And we're so full of ourselves, there's very little room for God. 
little room for compassion. Complacency causes us to look the other way, changes the way we live our lives. We need to wake up and remember Christians, we follow Christ, only Christ. Everything we do should begin with our relationship with God and every act, every time we reach out, should flow from that relationship. Today we also heard the parable of the rich man Lazarus, one that most of you are always probably somewhat familiar with. Remember parables serve as a key that Jesus uses to unlock the door that often seals our hearts. Today's parable is a radical story that should shake us from our complacency. Our gospel begins by Jesus describing the rich man clothed in purple who ate those scrumptious and rich meals while outside his door, another closed door, set a poor man starving, covered with sores, with dogs licking his wounds. Suddenly we're in a different setting where things are reversed. The poor man is now in the bosom of Abraham and the rich man is outside. The poor man has a name, Lazarus, and the rich man, who was so well known during his time here on earth, is now unknown. We also learn in this gospel what hell is all about. We learn that hell is on the other side of a great chasm, and life a simple door separated the poor man and the rich man, and the next life, a chasm, divides them. But the rich man, he's still stuck in his selfishness. Even in the torment of hell, he barks orders across the chasm to Abraham and the poor man. Have that wretch bring me some water. Make that poor man go to my brothers and tell them not to be like me. That man refuses, refuses to enter into relationship with our Lord and Savior. The gospel warns us, though, that we have no excuse for that ignorance. We have been warned over and over and over again. Both before and after his death, the rich man was self-absorbed, full of himself. He was still complacent, and he was alone because he made no effort to have that relationship with God. My friends, the personal relationship with Jesus will compel us to reach out in love, to build community, and build king and community with the truth and love of Christ as its center is the only way that we will be effective, the only way we can affect change the only way we can transform our families, our communities, and our world. Close relationships takes time and effort, and like our human relationships, sometimes they suffer, and our relationship with God often has its ups and downs as well. But if we are to truly know Him, love Him, and serve Him, then we must shake off our complacency and intentionally work to become his disciples. We must spend some time in prayer, and we must come to Mass wide-eyed and awake so we can be strengthened by his word in this most holy body and blood. Every day of every week, we must decide that our eternal life is more important than our earthly life. We must search out ways to shake ourselves from our complacency. Maybe start praying a rosary every day, Become a part of one of our visitation ministry or work in our soup kitchen. Consider joining or starting a Bible study or a faith-sharing group. And if you're just not sure how to get involved, how to reach out, just call the parish office. And myself or one of our other staff will be glad to give you some ideas. 
And we need to take advantage of everything that comes along that might keep us awake and fully alive. Next week, as you've heard for the last several weeks, we're going to have a unique experience that will help shake you from your complacency and hopefully help you to deepen your faith life and your relationship with Christ. Singer and songwriter Sarah Hart will join us next weekend. She will be here at all our masses as well to participate and worship with us. But then on Sunday evening and Monday night, she will share her own journey of faith through a mixture of music, prayer, reflection, and storytelling. Sarah will inspire and challenge us to a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior. Now this is not simply a concert. While she is indeed a very talented songwriter and singer, she has a deep sense of humor and a deep faith that I think will touch your heart. So I invite you to please join us for this free event and invite your family and friends, Catholic or not, bring them on. You remember that young man, Eutychus, that I told you about at the beginning? His story ended with St. Paul saying, there is still life within him, and he is revived through the breaking of the bread. My friends, there is still life in each one of us as well. Today, here at this altar, may the miracle of the Most Holy Eucharist bring each of us to a new, renewed, and vigorous life in Christ.